When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. We got a good episode. We're going to talk about quad witching, the economic reports, what are important to me, which ones do I follow, and should you be paying a particular attention to one report over the other, and how should you trade them? I'm going to talk about all that and more in this podcast. So the email comes from a person that asked to be called Gitmo Bear. I'm not sure if that's like a reference to a TV show or something in the past. I don't know, but I'm just going to call him Gitmo for short. And Gitmo writes, hey, Ryan, love your podcast. I listen every week and in the process of going back through the previous ones that I have already listened to. If I can be included in your next one, that would be amazing. You could call me Gitmo Bear. Well, I did. I would love to hear your thoughts about market cycles, aka blood in the streets after quad witching. If you were to look at the S&P 500, Dow, NASDAQ, and the Russell 2000, you notice we usually have a few rough days and then we usually rally. Also, what dates do you circle in your calendar? For example, I circle job reports, CPI data, and anytime the Fed is speaking, plus the QW days. That would be quad witching, which happens four times a year. Are there any more dates that you would also recommend watching? Sincerely, get Mo Bear. All right, for the bourbon of choice. Right before doing this, I was... At an ABC liquor store, and I picked up Wild Turkey Rare Breed Barrel Proof. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about that the Wild Turkey Rare Breed is a pretty good bourbon. So I had to see for myself. I saw the barrel proof, so I had to get some of that. Now, that's a pretty strong one because it's uncut. It's 116.8 proof and 58.4% alcohol. So it's a strong one. Now, tried it. I had to back off a little bit. It was unbearable. It was so strong because it is. It's no fault of its own. You get something barrel proof, it's coming straight out of the barrel. This is uncut. It's not been diluted. It was hot. It was spicy. It was happening, man. I had to put a little bit of water into it. So I cut it some myself, put a little bit of water. Not a lot. It was more like a, like a, just, just that, just like a, that's all. Just a little bit of water made a huge difference. Didn't really dilute it that much, but I could start tasting a lot of the flavors when I did do that. So by itself, like I said, it's unbearable. It's too hot, but with just a little bit of water, it makes it right. You can smell the vanilla. Whether you put a little water in it or not, you can definitely smell the vanilla. And then when I tasted it, I could definitely taste the cocoa flavors. I could taste the cocoa in the finish. Very nice, solid bourbon. And again, you don't have to add much water to it. You can maybe even add like a tiny ice cube or something to it just to give it a little bit of dilution there. feel like it's almost necessary to do this. For the score, I'm going to give it a 7-2. I don't think it stands out above all the rest. I think it's a good, solid, barrel-proof bourbon. I think I'll buy it again, but I'm not going to go run out and get it the first time I run empty of it. So good solid bourbon, 7-2, and let's see what we can do to help Gitmo here. First off, quad witching. For those who don't know what quad witching is, 
I don't see it as that big of a deal. I know a lot of people talk about it. I got a, a, an email the other day, and that's one of the reasons why I'm doing it too, from a friend saying, hey, what are you going to do about quad witching this upcoming Friday? And I'm like, ah, I don't have any plans. <laughs> I don't really pay attention too much to it because I don't really think it's that meaningful of an event. Yes, there's going to be a lot of volume that you usually see that is accompanied by that. But that's really just the option contracts that are expiring in the money, and they're having to offset the contracts that are profitable with shares. Now, a lot of people think that the volatility is going to be crazy on these days, but it's really not that volatile of a day. That's why as swing traders of equities and I just buy stock, I'm not really going to care too much about the quad bullshit. Even if I trade options, I'm not going to really care too much. I mean, I might care if I have options expiring, but I don't really trade options. So. Yeah, and it may not be uncommon from time to time to be able to see people making big moves to try to get their calls in the money. That can happen. But overall, I think the quad witching is really a non-event for most retail traders, if not all retail traders. And yeah, the week that follows quad witching, that tends to be a little bit more on the bearish side. This past week, it was a little bit on the bearish side. It wasn't really what you would call a good week for the market. The S&P 500 finished higher, but NASDAQ 100 finished down. The Russell finished down. So it was kind of a mixed week in general. Wasn't really what you would say a very enthusiastic week for buyers getting back into the market. And there's just not quad witching. You got triple witching. Every month you have options expiring. You also have options expiring every week. So don't let that whole quad witching, triple witching, options expiration day for the monthly contracts really get in the way of your trading. I don't really think anything about it. In fact, most days I don't even realize that there's options expiring because I just don't really care. And if you try to go, okay, after every quad witching, I'm going to get short the market. Just because it historically means that it is bearish the following week doesn't mean that it's bearish by a lot. It may just be down a little bit. Like you take this past week, the market was just down a little bit. I mean, the Russell was down a lot more. The S&P 500 was actually up. The Dow was up. Then the NASDAQ 100 was up while the NASDAQ composite was down. So, I mean, it was like a really a mixed picture. So if you were trying to short it, you had to be right the index. You had to be right with the timing. It's just not something that you want to really play or really even factor into your trading, to be quite honest. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So yes, I think quad witching options, contracts, and expirations as it pertains to swing trading stocks and shares of stocks, I think that it's over-exaggerated. Now, if you're trading options and your contracts are expiring that day, yes, you may see some volatility in your positions. But overall, as it applies to the rest of the market, I think it's just a real big nothing. Now, I like this next part of the email even more because I think that Gitmo here is really intrigued by what news events really impact the market. And it depends. It's kind of like a classic economist response. And even though I studied economics in college, I don't consider myself an economist. I pretty much remember supply and demand. I don't remember all those other equations and everything that went with the course studies, but it does. It just depends. It depends on the season that you are in with the market. Right now, the Federal Reserve, when they release their FOMC statement, yeah, it moves a little bit. There's a little bit of volatility there, but it's not much. And I've seen some days where you'll see the FOMC statement come out and you're like, did they release it yet? Or is it really not that big of a deal? Because you almost don't even see it move. Most of the time you will see a little bit of movement, but it really depends on what are they looking for out of the market. Like right now, they don't expect the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates anytime soon. In fact, they've come out and said, we're not even thinking about thinking about raising interest rates until 2023 or so. 
So there's not a lot of anxiety surrounding the FOMC statement. And what I've noticed a lot more in recent years, especially with Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell, aka J-Daddy or J-Powell, whatever you like to call them by, they forecast moves well in advance. They're not just doing an FOMC statement, releasing it at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon and shocking the world with, hey, we just raised interest rates by a half point. No, they're definitely not doing that. They don't mind doing it to the downside as much because that usually helps stocks. Like if you go back to the COVID sell-off back in February and March, it was almost like every Sunday night they were doing these like surprise rate cuts or they were just doing some new program and they were shocking the market. And they were probably doing that for the very intent and purpose of trying to get ahead of the Sunday night futures open, trying to shock the market and get those futures rallying right out of the gate. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't, but towards the end, when the sell-off was really reaching its finality, then you really saw the Fed actions really take hold. But yeah, they would come out Sunday night like, oh, we're just going to cut it right down to zero. And while some of us might have been like, okay, they're bound to do something at some point here to try to save this economy, it still took everybody by surprise. But when it comes to like raising interest rates, because that's going to have more of a negative effect on the market, they're going to forecast that quite a bit. So you don't have to really fret right now with the current chairman of the Federal Reserve. Now, that could change with future chairmen. I mean, we got these freaking press conferences that they do now at every FOMC statement. It used to be they would do the FOMC statement and that was it. You didn't hear anything else out of them. But then they was like Janet Yellen, where she would do these press conferences after the FOMC statement. If you don't know what FOMC statement is, it's Federal Open Market Committee. They're the people who determines what the interest rates are going to be. It's the Federal Reserve chairman plus a whole bunch of governors. Any case, they vote on it. Usually they just do whatever the Fed chairman wants them to do. But with Janet Yellen, she started doing these every other time. So it was like every other time you could possibly expect something significant to happen. Like if she was going to raise rates, it would be on an every other time basis. And then you get j Powell in there. And this guy, he's doing it every time now. I, I swear this guy just wants to hear himself talk. I can't even stand the guy. I really don't like any of them, if I'm being completely honest. I think they're completely full of themselves. They like to hear themselves talk. I think all the governors just want to hear themselves talk. It seems like every year that goes by, more and more Fed governors and the Fed chairman, they're speaking more and more and more. It's like they just want to be in the news. They want to control the markets. They want to manipulate the market. And I'm not a person here that's trying to say, oh, the markets are rigged. That, that's not what I'm trying to say. But their words do have consequences on the market. So I think they kind of like it. I really do. I don't know why they insist on talking as much as they do, but they talk a lot. And I wish they could just back off a little bit. I mean, Alan Greenspan talked all the time. My dad used to always say, every time that Alan Greenspan opens his mouth, I lose money. And Alan Greenspan, that dude could really tank a market if he wanted to. Looking back, I wasn't a huge fan of the guy. But looking back, he is way better than anything we ever had out of these current Fed chairman. These people now, they're just like helicoptering this market to the stratosphere. They don't care. Alan Greenspan would actually raise and lower interest rates based on what was good for the overall economy. So to sum up the whole FOMC statement and the Federal Reserve when they're coming out with their releases, it's really more about the season that we are in right now. If we're anticipating rate hikes or rate cuts, yes, the FOMC statement's going to play a much bigger role in the market. But if we're not like what we're in right now, don't expect it to be all that much. Now, if the market starts tanking and tanking and tanking and we're down like 20, 30% or something, yeah, you can probably expect that they're going to come out with some special new program and boost the market right back up. That's why it's very difficult to short the market on a consistent basis, even in the middle of a downturn, because you're fighting the Fed, even if they don't even want to lower rates anymore. They'll just come up with some new program that the market will get all into a tizzy about and start rallying over. 
And should you avoid the governors? I mean, it's kind of hard when these governors are speaking every single day and the Fed chairman constantly is at some kind of engagement where he's making remarks about the economy. So you can't really trade around that because it's pretty much every day. And what about the economic reports? You have CPI, you have PPI. Those become much more important when we're worried about inflation or we're worried about an economic slowdown. Are they signaling further slowdowns in the overall market? You have jobless claims. That also is going to become hugely important when there's an increased amount of volatility in the overall market. Right now, the volatility is very low considering where we've been over the past year. So yeah, I mean, there'll be some impact, but you're not seeing these massive rallies just solely based off of what the employment number is. And again, it's important. It's kind of like with the Federal Reserve. Depending on the kind of market that we're in will depend on the significance that each of these economic reports take on. If I was to tell you which reports in general Just in general, not like based on seasons, which ones are the most important? It would be the Federal Reserve's FOMC statement, followed by the press conference. Then you have the employment number, GDP number, the weekly jobless claims. Then you got like the CPI and PPI and all that stuff. Those are important too. But again, do I trade around them? No, I try to trade the charts because there's so many different things that are always happening. You'd never be able to trade. You could only be a day trader and you'd have to just trade around these events. So If you're going to be a swing trader, you kind of have to hold through these events for the most part. Now, when it comes to the Federal Reserve and their FOMC statement, I usually hold off for the most part of adding any new positions right beforehand. And I really try to stay away from the banks because I don't want to add banks right before the FOMC statement comes out. I've done that in the past. I usually always regret it. So I avoid banks on the day of the FOMC. Also, want to make sure I tell you guys about Swing Trading the Stock Market. It's my Patreon account that goes along with this podcast. It's really cool. You're going to get all my market research each and every day. That's going to include my bullish and bearish watch lists. You're going to get daily trade setups and all the stocks that I'm watching each and every day, the charts that I like, and I'm going to draw them out for you, as well as updates on the all the FANG stocks. That's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Tesla, Microsoft. And I'm going to give you updates on the Russell 2000, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100 multiple times each week. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. It supports this podcast channel and allows it to keep growing. So definitely encourage you guys to do that. You're going to be getting a lot in return. Please, too, make sure that you continue to send me your email, ryan at shareplanner.com, asking me these questions like Gitmo Bear did here. I love hearing from you guys. I love trying to answer as many of these things that I can. And make sure to leave a five-star review for the podcast. That's what really drives this podcast ranking. And it's continuing to grow. And it's in large part due to you guys supporting it and providing those great reviews. Thank you so much. And God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. Mm-hmm.